Ah, uh, let's play a game. Hey everybody, Blaine J here. Bit of a different episode this month. Um, it was very difficult for James and I to kind of be able to get together during the month of December. And James and I both wanted to play uh, Dragon Quest V, which I don't believe we even said was the next game we were going to be playing. But that's that's going to be, be what we're going to be doing at the uh, start of the new year. But we both kind of wanted more time to play that. I haven't actually played all that much. And uh, James is only 10 or 15 hours in, I think. The month of December, guys. It's... um. It's a big one. I turned 40, which is not great, but I don't feel any different, so there's that. Um, and it's, of course, Christmas. Well, all that said, i uh, also been, you know, because of Christmas, been working a lot more, James as well, and... Yeah, so we kind of decided we were going to record this in two parts. I'm going to do just a little bit of talking about some other games I've played this past month, and then James is going to record a short segment as well. Um... It's been so long since I've done anything uh, by myself. It kind of feels weird not to have someone at least uh, going, oh, yeah, or yeah, whatever, uh, responding to me. It really does feel like I'm just talking to an empty void or, or whatever. But, okay, I just I got to get over that, I guess. Um, the first game that I want to talk about that I did finally get around to playing was uh, none other than 2064 Read Only Memories, if you haven't heard of it it's not completely surprising this was kind of an indie game that came out was funded i believe through a kickstarter a few years ago and it's very much in the same vein as uh, snatcher in fact it was heavily influenced by snatcher and those of you listening a long time have probably heard me say that uh snatcher is my favorite game at least a million times at this point um very early on I found that title and then it's become kind of the legendary Hideo Kojima original that it is uh, but uh, I, I loved Snatcher and had no idea who Hideo Kojima was outside of one of the names that you could search for in Snatcher to get some additional details about the game um, yeah it's it's a pretty incredible game it's not quite as good as Snatcher um, it's a point-and-click adventure that takes place, obviously, in the year 2064. You kind of wake up to this robot invading your shabby apartment. And the thing wants you to uh, figure out this mystery. Uh, it deduced that you were the best option for it to find the person who has taken its uh, creator, master, friend, whatever. And that in uh, its memory banks, uh, his creator had mentioned you many times now you're a kind of down on his luck journalist but after hearing this robot and uh, learning that it's a very special robot indeed this robot as opposed to all the other ones that are around at this point in time is completely uh, self-aware and um, able to learn and adapt it's kind of your st standard uh, uh, I robot or 
you know, this has been done a million times. I don't know why I can't think of anything else. Like, it's kind of that standard storyline, but um, a lot of twists and turns throughout the game, uh, some unexpected things. Um, overall, a really great game. Uh, the music is still stuck in my head. Uh, graphically, it, it definitely looks like something uh, older. In fact, I think Snatcher actually looks better graphically than this game does. Um, it, it feels the same. It's got the same anime vibe, the same like futuristic cyberpunk, if you will, stuff. It even features uh, those, again, that listen to me for a long time know that uh, I interviewed years ago now Jeff Lupidin for the RPG show. And uh, he actually appeared not only as their spokesman for this game, but as a uh, voice actor as well. Although uh, none of the main characters, he only voiced uh, a very bit part. But as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, there he is. You know, it was it was very surreal and cool to have him inside the game. Um, I, I can't remember who played the main character. There, there's several people that are in this game that voice. Uh, there's Zoe Quinn, who some of you may know from uh, the Gamergate stuff a few years ago, and she made a game herself and whatnot. And then there's, um, God, what is his name? I can't think of it. Willis is from uh, Different Strokes. I can't think of his name. The, the lone person that is still alive from the 80s comedy Different Sto- Strokes. Uh, everyone else has sadly passed on. Um, uh, Todd Bridges. Oh, pulled that out of my ass. But yeah, uh, he, he voices one of the characters in the game along with uh, a lot of... It's a pretty stellar cast. And overall, they did a, a really great job. There's some minor characters that weren't so great and stuff. And uh, it... it, it takes a lot from Snatcher in that um, there are also scenes where you get to use your gun as it were in this game I believe it's just a taser but the same effect where you get the gridded screen where you can like uh, move your cursor around to shoot different things as they're coming at you but it doesn't happen that often and unlike Snatcher instead of snapping back to the middle um, your cursor just remains wherever uh, you place it and I actually much prefer the snapping back to the middle once you get used to it it's just a far superior system because it allows you to move uh, more quickly but it's still a pretty good system and then there's additional games that you can play within the game itself a la um, like Yakuza or something like that where you can play some arcade games at a bar and stuff Uh, overall a really cool game you can get it pretty cheap Uh, I definitely want to get a physical copy I, I think I got my copy through PSN at some point and was just like oh one of these days I'm gonna get around to it and uh, finally did so and within just a couple days managed to knock it out and it was uh, really really stellar I I'm glad I played through it uh, like I said it had a real surprise ending I was not expecting I do have some things that I didn't like about it mechanically there's a couple of areas that are uh, kind of wonky um, I did have issues with uh, this one area where you're supposed to like you're looking at an overhead map and you have to like close off streets uh, through a hacker friend of yours and shut down these uh, stoplights and you're supposed to shut them down so that this taxi you'll have to turn around and get an alternate route so that you can catch up to it and uh, catch these two thieves that are in there uh, or two vandals I guess they're not thieves well yeah they, they are thieves they did steal something but anyway um and it locked up on me I believe twice and uh, additionally there were other areas in the game that just locked up and uh, nothing I pressed or did would get that screen to move forward 
and uh, ended up resetting the game at least four or five times through my playthrough, which was really freaking annoying. Uh, I don't know if that's like an issue that just happened with me. I haven't had any other issues with that happening with, uh, I have this on my PlayStation 3. Um, so I don't know if that's common or not. I didn't look up forums to see if that was just like a common thing. Um, also, and I don't want to, God, I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't have an issue with this. It's just, it was just because like, at first I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, something that, and I don't know who pushed it, but something that the creators pushed on this game is it's very, uh, conscientious and, uh, the fact that the LGBTQ, um, I don't know what to call them, society, the, the group, isn't very well represented in video games, kind of, period. In fact, uh, outside of, like, some characters that are meant for, like, comic relief, you never really see them in a good light. And uh, same is pretty much true for people within wheelchairs or have that have otherwise, you know, some kind of disability or whatever. It really seemed like basically every character or every other character in fact i'm very hard pressed to think of other than perhaps the main character your sexual orientation is never really um put into question you don't even know specifically i think whether or not you're a man or a woman um i think most people playing will probably assume it's a man but i don't think that's ever actually stated which is refreshing you know it allows whoever is playing it to uh to imagine it as being whomever they want it to be but and you in this game is just like okay, I get it. You guys are forward thinking. That's awesome because there's multiple people in wheelchairs. There's multiple people that are um, gay. In fact, a lot of the characters that you just would not think um, would be of that persuasion turn out, yeah, they are. And it's like, okay. Um, like I said, don't really have a problem with it. It just like, and I don't want it to just be like a token effort either. You know, I like I'm fine with multiple characters, but at some point it was just like, okay, you guys are obviously just shoehorning stuff in now, um, and it just felt like a little heavy-handed. Again, not at all homophobe. Uh, all for rights, equal rights for everyone. You know, people can do whatever it is it they want to do. Period. As far as I'm concerned, um, as long as it's not hurting anyone or thing. You know, just don't care. You know, so. Don't don't write me letters saying, hey, Blaine J, you're such a homophobe, you didn't like the, the gay stuff or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying uh, mid-boss, the makers of this game, really were pushing for uh, some kind of recognition within that or something. And that's fine. Maybe, uh, maybe the developers themselves were gay and just felt like they had to because this was, I believe, their first game. I just really wanted to push that narrative. And you know what? more power to them honestly it just it detracted from the game itself it made it a little harder for me to feel like i was in a a real living and breathing space at times because it's just like okay just everyone happens to be you know and i get it there's a lot of anyway i'm talking way too much about it now i really am sounding like a homophobe anyway uh great game uh probably shouldn't even have mentioned that stuff about <laughs> the people that with disabilities and the uh the uh, the gay and bi people within the game very strange um game though there's uh, a lot of furry action also going on in there um in that some people uh both decide to become um 
you know, hybrids, I guess you would call them, where they're like a cat person or a dog person or whatever like that. And I've always loved that kind of stuff. Uh, and they go further with instead of just like people that are just into that, you know, which I'd be into being a dog or a cat, I think. I, I, I like both those things better than humans. So, yeah. Um, but there's also people within the game. In fact, you become very close to one. Um that have to do it for medical reasons uh you meet up with a girl that her uh, disability as it were was that she had some form of rare skin cancer that was somehow cured through becoming part feline and her body being covered in fur protects her in some way from that uh, they don't really go into detail with that it seems kind of ludicrous to me outside of maybe if it was some kind of form of you know she was had some allergen to the sun in some way that is a very rare thing that is very real so maybe having fur helped in that regard i i don't really know or remember but uh a cool game it's relatively cheap you can get physical copies of it for about 30 bucks i'd recommend uh anyone trying it out uh, a lot of just futuristic cyberpunk stuff definitely some some issues in uh trying to get through it without glitches and stuff unless you know write me if you had a completely different experience but it uh it definitely felt uh, like it was made by a small team but then when the, the credits rolled i was more than surprised at how many names were on that thing i was just like oh my god how many people worked on this game it seemed like there were at least a thousand names or, or more and i've seen uh, far less on uh, games that felt a lot bigger so i don't know i don't know maybe it was multiple teams came together or something i really don't know the story the entire story behind mid boss i know they're uh they've had some major problems as far as uh workplace workplace ethics uh, the head of their team had uh, done some stuff that was apparently um very inappropriate towards his employees both in overworking them and sexual advances of some kind or something and then they had additional problems with the person that he placed he or she i can't recall sorry to say he but uh whomever the president was i can't remember if it was a man or a woman placed someone in charge that was doing uh, much the same thing and they're on like their third president for the company uh, i don't know what else they've made um like i said relatively small company but really cool game i uh I would recommend it to anyone that likes point-and-click adventures. Um, wow, that was long-winded. Uh, sorry for that. Uh, the second game that I played this month was much the same. I, uh, it was something that was on my backlog for a long, 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 long time. And, you know, I'd played it for, I want to say maybe an hour or two hours years ago. And I'd watched some play on it and had some things spoiled for me and knew it was cool and thought it was a good game but kind of had dismissed it as being well it's not gonna hold up or it's gonna be bad if i try and go back and replay it because it's from the playstation one and i don't know about you guys but 90 percent of the games i've gone back to and tried to uh to play on the PlayStation 1, including a lot of my favorite games, and I won't name names because I, I've already probably pissed off way too many people, but um, they, they just don't look great, you know, uh, and some of them that you felt like they played kind of good actually don't, um, and that's, I remember this game had sort of pseudo tank controls, and um, those haven't aged great, uh, but it turns out 
they're not quite as bad as they are in, say, like a Resident Evil game. Um, and the game I'm talking about <laughs> is uh, Codelica, which is actually a uh, prequel to the game's um, The Shadow Hearts series on the PlayStation 2. So uh, Codelica is a character uh, that is in the original Shadow Hearts um but she's much older in that game. She's kind of a psychic, and you actually, in that game, one of the party members that you uh, end up getting is her son, I believe. Uh, it's been a long time since I played that, but great game. This game doesn't play a lot like the Shadow Heart series. The Shadow Heart series has the whole, you know, like uh, clock looking thing where you get that. Uh, wheel that you have to stop within a certain area to be able to uh, maximize the effects of things and sometimes multiple times or whatever to be able to use items or cast spells at their maximum efficiency this one you just kind of cast them uh, and they work you know a la like a Final Fantasy or something but what the game is is it, it is very much Resident Evil meets RPG and it's real refreshing in the uh, time frame that they chose to pick for this game as well is uh, uh, not your standard, you know, like uh, in a time somewhere far in the future or long, long ago or something like that. It's a very specific date. It's like, uh, I want to say this game takes place in the like late 1800s and then the Shadow Heart series takes place in the early 1900s, like 1910s or something. And that's a real cool period that doesn't get a lot of love. Like, I honestly can't think of really any other titles off the top of my head that take place like maybe Silverload, uh, but it's like a handful at best that you can, you know, think of an era that, so you have things like, uh, guns and whatnot, but, uh, they're all rudimentary, but something that, uh, didn't actually take place, at least to my knowledge, is, uh, magic does exist in this world and things like vampires and ghouls and ghosts and etc. are all prevalent within this world. Um, what drew me in replaying this is I just popped it in because I was bored and I was like, well, I got my PS3 hooked up. What else could I play? I just got off for Beat Only Memories and I was like, well, I remembered that the last time I tried to play uh, Kodelka, like damn near 20 years ago or something, my first disc uh, skipped so bad that I couldn't play anymore, which is why I stopped after whatever it was, a couple hours. And I was just like, well, that was fun. Um, maybe I'll get back to it later and see if it will play through but i fully expected like i've got a big scratch on that first disc and i fully expected like it actually to just be like not a working copy i figured you know one of these days i probably have to go in get it resurfaced if that would even work because a lot of the times when these discs get scratched uh that's it you know so i popped it in and not only did it not skip but I, I actually watched the opening cinematic which I don't remember ever having done before and it's really cool you get this uh like really somber music that I wasn't expecting and uh this really great cutscene with someone on a horse uh going through like the forest and over all these beautiful landscapes and such and it gives you the date and then sh you know it arrives at this castle and it's actually this woman um like pulls down her her hood and reveals that she's a woman and there's already on the wall of the castle this uh like grappling hook that has been thrown up over the wall and she kind of looks at it for a minute tests it out and then leaves her horse and climbs up this wall and very immediately runs into this guy that is uh, dead and bleeding out or dying and bleeding out i should say uh, on the floor they have a brief exchange and he uh tosses her a gun and says look out behind you or whatever and there's this vampire that comes forth and uh you kill it pretty 
quickly. And then he was, he says, you know, uh, you need to get out of here. I don't know why you came, but, uh, I'm done for or something. And she, you know, says, Oh, shut your mouth. I got this. It's going to hurt a bit. And she heals him via magic. And he was like, well, how'd you do that? And she's like, you know, I'm a powerful psychic. And I have all these abilities, basically magic. Um, she can call it psychic all you want, but when you can, cast fireballs and lightning and the like uh that's not psychic ability that's straight up magic um yeah and in fact they call it mp and he joins you immediately and then you start exploring this castle and uh, run into puzzles which are <sighs> admittedly on the easy side um these puzzles are not hard and but they're fun they're better than like your average Zelda puzzle as far as difficulty goes a lot of them um, but they're not really particularly fun and there's like diaries that you can uh, go out of your way to find and news clippings and stuff that unlock more of the story which is really cool I'm into that kind of stuff a lot of people aren't a lot of people play games like Skyrim and they never read a single book I'm lean a little bit more towards the other side where I'm like actually reading all this stuff and like really getting into the lore and this game has a, a fair amount of that and so if you're into that like I am you'll get that and as you progress you actually meet another character your third character who is a priest and I think he actually says I'm not a priest I'm a um, starts with a B Blaine Bishop I'm a bishop which aren't bishops priests i i don't know i you know me what but what's refreshing about this whole exchange it, throughout the game is you're two and, and forward too because this game came out in like 2001 and uh, it was a very different time when it seems like something like this wouldn't have been able to be made but your two main protagonist protagonists <laughs> sorry it's three it's like 3 a.m 4 a.m here at the moment i'm sorry i'm pretty tired um they they're atheists they don't believe in any sort of god and they're constantly bickering with this third member who is a complete dick um and i just if i could get rid of the third character entirely i think i'd rather play through the game with just two and in fact it'd be very easy to do so um it's it's a very easy game it's not hard at all uh i read some faq stuff on it um trying to discover what I could get from enemies because I was noticing like the main way that you get items in the game is from enemy drops. There are a lot of stuff on the overhead uh, map that are very, or not map, but uh, screens that are very obvious. I mean, the game looks and plays a lot like Resident Evil. When you walk past an item, your main character, Kodelka, will actually turn her head to look at things and they're kind of shiny in the same way you would see in like a Resident Evil or a Shining, uh, not a Shining, <laughs> a Silent Hill game. And, um, there's not a lot of those so you end up having to find your uh, your weapons and stuff off of enemies and in the fact I read the guy said he'd played through the game at least six eight times it was his favorite game and there are many of his playthroughs where he didn't find a single piece of armor like body armor because you can equip a weapon uh, body armor I believe a shield if it's a one-handed weapon a helmet um, and then three rings I think it is or it might just be two rings and an accessory i can't remember quite off the top of my head but um he said yeah body armor is incredibly rare i found an enemy that dropped body armor and i just fought it incessantly so i'd have something and it really makes the game a lot easier um but the thing is uh something that drops like say body armor or a hammer or a sword or a gun or whatever like that uh will only will drop 
that type of weapon, but you don't know, it's kind of like Diablo-esque in a sense, in that you don't know exactly which one it's going to drop. It's not like, say, a Final Fantasy where a certain enemy is going to drop something that'll be like, you know, a dirk or a fire rod or something like that. This single, say, skeleton that you're fighting will drop a sword, and it can be anything from normal sword to a fire sword to a dark sword to a sword of vitality to, you know, etc., etc. And these all have different abilities, um, deal double damage versus the opposite element, and uh, heal things of the same element. Uh, the, the one I mentioned uh, of vitality actually does a lot less damage, but it has a drain effect stuff like that so pretty cool um the, the problem with that is when you do find something you really like uh you'll be using it a while and it will break on you and uh weapons break more frequently if you're using them with a uh, strong character there's actually online like these uh graphs that you can look at like depending on your strength how likely it is for a weapon to break her swing and you know if you've got like the top strength in the game then you're going to be lucky to get just a few swings out of any weapon before it just goes away completely so you'll end up uh, fighting with bare fists pretty quickly that way but um you can level your characters in any way that you want to in that every time you gain a level you get uh, four points to allocate towards any number of things whether it be your power or your vitality or uh, speed, um, I think dexterity is one, and then your magic and your piety, I think, is the other one. And each one has another one that helps balance it. Like, you can be very, very powerful, uh, but if you don't have your dexterity up, then you'll miss more frequently and it'll be useless. You have to, like, keep those in balance, unlike um, a lot of RPGs where you could get, say, your whatever it is that would uh your to hit ratio up and you go okay i'm at you know 80 percent. that's pretty good now i can just max out my power you can't do that in this game because if you just focus on like you get your power way above like say you have an 80 of whatever the hit ratio stat is and you get like a, 140 on your power you're just going to be missing all the time you have to keep those two in check same with piety and mp if um your piety isn't close to what your MP level is or your magic level is, then uh, your spells will become less effective. And if you get your piety level like way too high and your magic level's not close to where that is, um, magic won't hurt you, which is fucking nice. Um, but healing spells will also not be effective on you. So you kind of have to balance everything out. Um, you can, like I said, do the three characters any way you want, but it's it really would boon you to just kind of follow what the game is kind of wanting you to do with these characters. Uh, of course, Kodelka, the main character, she is um, very magical. She starts out with stats that uh, seem like she should be pushed in that direction, and indeed, when you level up, you get... You know, certain things get allocated automatically and then you get your additional four points. And you could try and make her into a bruiser if you really, really wanted, but it's not going to be as effective as if you just let her be a magic user. And the same is true of the other character that you meet at the beginning of the game. He is very much just a guy that wants to swing shit um, and be a tank. And I can't remember his name. I want to say John. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I played it, guys. I apologize. But, um just like pour everything into power and vitality and such for that guy and then your third character the bishop um 
you can do him either way. He's kind of like your jack of all trades. You can make him kind of a balanced character, kind of put him in the middle, red mage style or whatever. But I was finding, I tried to do that. I tried to make him uh, powerful at first. I was like, oh, I'd like to have two tanks, but he made a mediocre tank. So then I started pouring stuff towards magic and I got him to kind of that red mage level and he was kind of like mediocre at both things now. So then I just kept pushing him toward mage and he became much better because mages in this game is kind of where it's at. They can do just like tremendous amounts of damage, uh, attack from any row. It's, this game has a grid-based system, kind of like think of like a 3D lunar, right? You only have so many steps that you can move forward or back or to the side, and d depending on what you're equipped with or what you're trying to cast, you can uh, hit from all different areas. Um, there is one weapon that doesn't break that is guns and bows and stuff uh, But you're only able to use these if you have ammo and after like if you're using a bow You have to equip pretty frequently if you're using a six shooter you have to equip every six shots Etc. So it can be pretty annoying like equipping uh, Because you have to do it in battle and it wastes a turn so you kind of have to like go into battles knowing that like okay uh, I just left a battle. I only had one bullet in my gun. I need to uh, equip six bullets to my gun in between battle, and that can be really freaking annoying. Uh, so I, I left guns alone for the most part. Uh, they are really powerful, and I would use them sometimes for certain things, but yeah. But what's cool is as you use any given weapon, whether it be a gun or a sword or a hammer, and there's like there's tons of different types of weapons in this game. I mean, I, there's axes. I want to say there's a freaking shovel or something. I it, it was a lot. I was just like going, oh dang, there's this too. Okay, cool. Um, you use it enough, and you start to gain proficiency with that weapon, and then you'll do uh, double and triple strikes and stuff like that, which is really cool. And but it, it's kind of a double-edged knife, right? Because you'll get these things like, uh, say, a really great sword, and maybe you'll get your sword level up, and then you're hitting three times around, or most rounds, sometimes maybe only twice or whatever, but still, you're hitting more than you would normally do, which is great, but then because you're hitting more times, the chances of you breaking the weapon are increased. So that can be a real bummer, especially if you get proficient with, like I said, the sword, and then you're running through all these swords that you found, and uh, you only have so much inventory and yeah you run out and then you're like okay now i gotta use whatever i just happen to have on hand and that's what was starting to happen with me because your inventory in this game is a very real thing it's very much uh, like a resident evil like at first you think oh i'll never run out because i think you have 30 slots but 30 slots when you're talking about an armor for each guy two accessories etc and then you've got all the weapons too and then you're going to want to save certain healing items in your inventory and uh, you find all kinds of different healing items it's one of those games kind of like Skyrim actually where you'll find not just like potion and then high potion and stuff which are certainly in there and they're amazing but then you find like bread and cheese and milk or whatever and uh they heal too and you want to save them but with those limited slots it's better just to kind of use those rarer but not great ones like i think bread heals 30 hp as opposed to like a potion healing 500 so as soon as you lose 30 hp go ahead and eat that bread because you're likely to be throwing away that stuff later on anyway just to like manage your inventory a little better and i found that really annoying the story's uh it's good it's a really good kind of horror story um 
it's not at the point where I play the game. I'm through. I'm on disc three. It's not really explained why any of you are in the place. You all kind of like allude till you have different reasons. I think uh, the one guy, the strong guy, he's in there to look for treasure. Um, the bishop, he he's in there, and I'm not real sure what he's looking for, but he keeps um, trying to protect the owners of the mansion who you meet early on and they try and poison you in fact they do poison uh, the main dude the big buff dude and kodelka just like lets him uh, eat the soup and she uh, refuses to eat it and he gets sick and she has to heal him and he's like why'd you let me eat it he's like oh, you know she's kind of a bitch that's why honestly um the voice acting is hella bad it is really really bad um much like Resident Evil, I mean, just delivered with the most like, oh my god, look at this, you know, kind of real dry reads of everything. Uh, I can't imagine any anyone of note uh, helped to voice this game, uh, but it looks amazing. Um, outside of like, the battles look a little dated because they are polygonal uh you got that whole 3d thing going on but i really found them kind of they kind of look decent and i was playing this on uh through through the ps3 on my uh, flat screen television normally i play these older games on a uh, on a crt uh but because i had the um playstation hooked up on the flat screen i was just like well we'll test it out and man i thought it looked amazing i was like yeah, this actually looks pretty good and the um the overhead world, you know, looks, uh, it's a lot like uh, Resident Evil and they're, they're these pre-rendered backgrounds and such. And again, like Resident Evil, you'll find all these different items around the damn mansion. And you it, just like Resident Evil, you can miss the map, which is one of the dumbest things they've ever done in gaming. Don't, don't have me miss, you can have me like build a map as I'm going along. I like that mechanic, you know, like as I'm going, it fills in the places I've been, but um, to have me not have one at all until I find it to the point where like if there's a, the map, the first map you find is upstairs in this attic and you can just totally not go there. You know, you can continue, you run past the, that ladder thinking you can't climb it at all and just miss the map. You just won't have it. And that would be incredibly annoying. Uh, and the map is really kind of piss poor. It's uh, not as bad as some I've used, and thankfully the castle's not terribly big. It gets uh, it gets kind of convoluted later, um, but you start unlocking shortcuts kind of like you do in say uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night or something like that, where you don't have to go all the way through the castle. You know, you'll unlock these doors that'll basically warp you back to the beginning areas so that you can uh, redo and retrace your steps a lot easier once you memorize these uh, pathways and so on and so forth. Um, not much else to say about the game. Uh, if you're a horror fan and an RPG fan, uh, I can't recommend enough the series as a whole. It's, for some reason, especially this game, Kodelka, you don't see it getting a lot of love. Like The people that have played it have played it, and they all liked it to an extent. I think most of us uh, that I've talked to, uh, um, I think Clayton played all the way through. I think me and Minth played about halfway through, maybe a little bit more, and started kind of losing interest a little bit because it does start getting tedious about halfway through the game. It's a four-disc game. I've read that it'll take you about 20, 25 hours to play through. Unfortunately, I don't think it appears on any, like, downloadable anything for say PSN or whatever um this is an SNK game and probably the only RPG I mean I think they made a Samurai Showdown RPG at one point but uh probably the only RPG series of any note that SNK ever made they're much more well known for their fighters and Metal Slug and stuff like that their arcade uh stuff but 
Um, this game is, it's really good. And the Shadow Heart series as a whole, man, is really good. Especially if you like the horror genre. Uh, this is one of very few games that uh, combines RPGs and horror. But uh, if you're going to look to play it, I'm going to... You're gonna have to emulate it, guys. Uh, unless you're wanting to spend, I, th I think I looked it up, and it was like $120 or something, which is uh, a bit too much uh, for anyone. I think these days, uh, maybe it's not for you. If it is, grab it up certainly. Um, but if you're just wanting to play it, not own it, I would, I would suggest emulating. This is one of those that you should do that. Um, as for the other titles, I don't think like the ones for the PS2 have gone up exponentially high as of yet i think you can still get the first shadow hearts for 50 ish and then the other two are somewhere in that neighborhood as well um i think they're all worth it for that uh all great all great games um unique story very horror elemented you know stuff i like the uh, battle systems on the later games a lot better than i do kodelka although i do like its system it's just a little more simplistic and I don't like in any RPG where my weapons break. Uh, that always has annoyed the hell out of me. I've never understood it as a mechanic. It's like, okay, I get it. It's realistic, whatever. Uh, especially, like, if you're going to have something break, give me some means to fix it, you know. And then, again, the inventory system uh, coupled with that uh, wouldn't work because if you did have weapons that just lasted forever, um your inventory would be even more unscrutable or whatever the word is. I'm, I'm tired. Um, it would it would be impossible to play through this game um, with that. It'd be earthbound levels of frustration in inventory. Uh, that's about it. Other than that, uh, nothing real new going on. Just all the same stuff. Um, been uh, uh, supporting the family uh, kind of solo lately because of... Um, my wife actually got a new position. Uh, we've shut down the daycare. It's still we've still got one kid that we kind of promised her mom that we would watch him for a while longer because she's having difficulty uh, transitioning and finding additional uh, help. So uh, we're kind of watching him till the end of this month. Uh, this being December, I'm not sure when this will go out, but uh, right now it's still before Christmas. So if you get it before then, Merry Christmas, and if you get it after, you know I hope it was a good one. But um, in the meantime, uh, the, my wife's new job hasn't, uh, they haven't paid her. It's been a few weeks. Uh, she should be getting a check two days after Christmas and between having to pay for her training because she's a head manager of a new store. And they've sent her all over Arkansas training to learn every aspect of the job. And she's having to drive uh, sometimes two, three, four hours. And uh, that's a lot of gas and a lot of food and so on and so forth. And then with Christmas, too, it's been a tough month, but uh, we're getting through it. So uh, those of you listening to this, hopefully James uh, made it through this. I think I already mentioned him. Uh, it's going to be another late Christmas, buddy. Uh I did all I could just to get my daughter some stuff under the tree this year. So, uh, but things are going to look good after she gets this job up and going. She's going to actually be making as much as I am, if not more. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, go from treading water each month to actually making some money and getting some stuff fixed. And uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, and because of that, I haven't picked up very much. I did uh, make one big purchase, which is a uh, kind of, and I say big, it was $60. It's, that's normally what I would spend on myself in a month anyway, but I felt super bad about doing it. I picked up a game that I've been looking for for a while. It's been on my list, and this uh, local collector I know was selling off a lot of his stuff 
at a severely reduced rate and i i picked up a saturn game i've been looking for for a long time called dark savior i did get an opportunity to play it i had to uh basically beat the shit out of my saturn to get it to work i plugged the thing in it not only wouldn't read uh, the disc that i just purchased which was a very minty looking disc that wasn't the problem um and I, then i tried all of my discs and none of them would work and i was like okay this is fucking bullshit i tried cleaning it i tried uh, all the stuff it says to do online as far as the lens going and stuff like that none of it worked and uh, i was getting pretty frustrated after about an hour of doing so and i literally punched it uh pretty hard um something i no- normally don't do but uh, i was getting pretty mad and i just punched the thing and lo and behold the very next disc that i put in worked and so did every other one that I put in. So I don't know uh, what I jostled in there to make it work, but uh, apparently this time that that worked. I've I've got to get this thing fixed. I've got two Saturns. Uh, one of them doesn't work at all anymore, and this one's going out. And uh, it's a scary thing because unlike uh, your PlayStation, your original PlayStation from the same era, they haven't made machines as of yet that can like play it easily. And uh, I know the Polymeg is coming or whatever, but I still have my doubts about that thing, and uh, there, there's even, they even said that there's some games on the Saturn it won't play, so it's not perfect. Um, so I do know a guy um, that I contacted that said he could put all new capacitors and a new lens in my Saturn, and it would be good for about 20 years, but unfortunately that's going to cost like 200 bucks, so I haven't gotten it done yet. Um, but yeah, I did I did start playing the game. If you've ever played Landstalker for the original Genesis, uh, this play is almost identical to that. Um, in fact, it's supposedly a spiritual successor to that game. It has uh, multiple endings. It looks amazing. Um, it's got that whole uh, isometric 3D quality. Um, think like a Super Mario RPG. Kind of looks and plays in that regard. Um, good storyline uh, a lot of cool puzzles in it and stuff and depending on how you play through you get a uh, different branching paths which is really cool um it has a fighting system kind of like we were talking about uh on the last episode regarding fighters where when you get into a fight you actually get into an actual like street fighter kind of fight although it's not exactly street fighter it is a best of two or a best of three uh fight where uh you fight with your life bars and stuff but it's incredibly easy and it's in a 3d environment as opposed to a like street fighter or something like that it'd be more akin to oh gosh i I can't really think of any fighting game that would play exactly like this because you still play in kind of that isometric uh landscape but it turns into basically a fighter um, it's a really neat game, and I got it for uh, $60, which is pretty cheap, because online, looking for them, uh, they're, they're closer to 80 so I, I, I couldn't pass the deal up and picked it up, and, uh, yeah, um, had a lot of fun with that. I, I would definitely recommend anyone that likes adventure-style games, especially, uh, of that era. This came out in, gosh, I want to say 96 or something. It's just a gorgeous game. It looks a lot like Breath of Fire 3. Uh, in its overworld uh, presentation and stuff. So if you think those type of sprites look good, you'll be right at home. The music is really good too. Um, So you'll really enjoy that game. But that's all I got, guys. Uh, That's, you know, uh, within a month period of time, that's uh, all the new games that I I played. That's actually more than what I normally do. So uh, I guess you guys are pretty lucky. I don't know. But um, coming up next, uh, you know, I'll put some kind of music or something in here. James will be talking... 
for a good uh, like 20 minutes or so about some of the games that he's played this past month. And yeah, so that's about it. Uh, so definitely stick around for that and uh, keep it retro. Everybody, it's uh, your good buddy James coming to you. Um, Blaine may have already explained that we're doing something a little different this month. We are on kind of weird schedules due to the holiday, and I believe his wife's out of town, so we're going to record something separate and then merge them together. Don't worry, we will be reunited next month for sure when we talk about Dragons Five, which I'm currently playing for the first time. Um, I'm playing it on my cell phone, iOS, which I've heard that is not the best version, but it's just the easiest version for me right now. Um, having these games, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, any game on your phone is infinitely easier because you can literally, I literally have it everywhere. Um, but today we're going to, I'm going to do something, um, star of my own show right now. I've actually thought about doing this kind of as a, a supplement to our show or maybe even a side show we would put out, you know, between um, our two main podcasts on the channel just for fun. Uh, the reason I want to do this ultimately is because I want to learn a new skill and that skill is, you know, editing these audio files and really the best way for me to learn how to do something is to do it. I mean, I've read about it. I've watch videos about it. So now I just need to really just play with it and learn and figure it all out. So that's what I'm doing today. So without further ado, I'm going to be talking about a game that's near and dear to my heart, Dungeons and Dragons, Warriors of the Eternal Sun. It was developed by Westwood Associates, which was renamed Westwood Studios when they merged with Virgin Games, which was later bought out by Electronic Arts. Uh, Westwood is best known for their Command and Conquer series, their Dune series, Lands of Lore, and Eye of the Beholder. I've heard of all those games. I've played all of those games. I don't think I've actually played Dune very much. Uh, I do love Command and Conquer, and I really love at least the first Lands of Lore game. That might even be a future, you know, mini show like I'm doing. Uh, it was released, uh, Warriors, Dungeons & Dragons Warriors of the Eternal Sun was released in 1992 for the Sega Genesis uh, in the United States and in Europe. This was one of the few RPGs for the console at that time. Fantasy Star 4 would come out a year later. Shining Force would come out this year. Shining Force 2, I believe, would come out in 1993 also. Uh, it's a great game. I want to kind of get into the uh, storyline right now. It starts out with um, a kind of a quasi-cinematic scene. You know, they have some text and some graphics. And essentially there's this major battle going on between the goblins and then the humans, which are also allied with the elves and the dwarves and the halflings. And as the goblins are storming the human's castle, all of a sudden this big void in the sky or big portal in the sky opens up and the castle is sucked in. 
and everyone with it, including some of the goblins. Then suddenly your castle just crashes down in the middle of this valley surrounded by these gigantic cliffs. The goblins are missing, and overhead is this like red or orange sun above you, hence the name Warriors of the Eternal Sun. Uh, the king then asks your party of four to search around the, the area, discover you know where you are, find allies, find artifacts, figure out what's going on. Throughout your exploration of this world, you encounter beastmen, lizardmen, at this Azcan race of people, not to mention all sorts of animals, bears, snakes... Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. Like these big giant rat things, dragons uh, milling about the countryside. Not to mention a bunch more different creatures within different caves and dungeons and whatnot. Throughout the game, um, you're constantly coming back to your castle, checking in with your king, reporting in. And on one of your last quests, when you return, your castle has vanished. Or not vanished. The people have vanished. Your castle's still there. Excuse me. Your people have vanished. And you come to find out that your people just went insane. And it's now your duty to figure out what happened to them. Save them. Um, I'm not going to ruin the ending for you. I will say that the very, very last part of the game is a little bit of a letdown. But the build-up to it is just magnificent. Now... Getting started with this game, it has one of my favorite mechanics of really any role-playing game. You get to customize your party. You're given seven groups. You got fighter, elf, dwarf, cleric, magic user, thief, halfling. You get to pick four. Uh, you could duplicate them if you'd want. You get to pick if they're male or female. There is no difference in either way, just the picture. Then you get to give each one a color, uh, red blue, green, yellow, I believe. And you do that in case you have two of the same class. You have two fighters. You want to give them each different color so you can tell them apart on the battlefield. Uh, once you've chosen your four, you then need to give them stats. So there's a little dice in the bottom of the screen. You press the dice and it boom, it generates different stats for strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, charisma, and your HP. And if you don't like it, you hit it again. And if you don't like it, you hit it again, and it'll keep cycling different random stats. When you're trying to, you know, build your party, you want your fighter to have, you know, more strength. You want your magic user to have more intelligence. You want your thief and your elf potentially to have more dexterity, and you go from there. Uh, then once you've chosen your party, game's on. All right, you're dropped into the world. You got your four guys or girls. Um, the gameplay, it's... Pretty much an isometric view, view from above. Um, you walk around your kingdom, and then when you walk out, or your kingdom, your castle, same thing, I guess, uh, your new kingdom, because you just crash landed. When you walk outside the castle, uh, it walks out like in the, the same perspective. It's not like Final Fantasy IV, where you have like your castle scene, and you leave the castle, and it flashes to a new map. It's all the same map, which I've always kind of liked. Uh, you traverse the map, and as you walk through the map, you'll encounter animals, creatures, beastmen. And when the battle begins, uses the same screen again. It will center the screen for you, and then the battle's on. Uh, the battles themselves are, you know, pretty typical. You, it's it's uh, you control your four characters randomly selected. Um, 
and you move your character up to whatever you're trying to attack. So you're trying to attack a bear. If you don't have as much movement, your character will just stop in its place and you'll have to switch to the next character. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get up to your target, you then would press whatever you're allowed to have two weapons assigned per battle. You have your you typically in the A button, you'd have your short short range weapon, your axe, your mallet, your sword. And then in the B button, you would have either your long range weapon, your slingshot, your bow and arrow, or if you have magic, you'd have your magic there. Now, one thing about this game is you miss a lot it gets frustrating like you have four characters you'll cycle through those four characters at least once if not twice and maybe not hit anything it gets especially in the beginning it gets super frustrating um but generally in the beginning you know you're faced with weaker enemies so you you can get you could muscle through it what i like to do is at the beginning of the game if you go Leave your castle and head north, you encounter a cave. Now, caves are a completely different style of gameplay. This is your classic, like, first-person dungeon crawler where you're walking through uh, the, dun- the, you know, the dungeon or the cave uh, through the eyes of the player. And instead of it being a turn-based battle system, now it's just you can mash the A button as you mash the A button, um, you know, first, if say your fighter's selected first, you'll swing with your sword, then it'll go down to your elf, then you swing with your elf, whatever he has, if he has an axe, then it goes down to your dwarf or whoever, and it swings with his weapon, and then boom, it goes back to the, you go back to the top once you've completed, and you just go through again. So you can just mash that A button and just keep grinding out hits. You're still going to miss a lot, but since you're attacking so fast, so often, you are going to hit also. Or you can use your B button. That's what I kind of did. I would go into a cave. I would see, uh, you know, a beast or something far away. I would mash. I'd get everybody slingshots or bows and arrows, and I would mash that B button while I went far away. As they approached me, they'd either die, or by the time they got to me, they'd be weak, and then I'd mash the A button uh, with my short-range weapon just to level up two, three, four levels. And then when I go outside and kind of progress through the game, because the main game, you have to walk along, you know, the world map until you get to a certain specified cave, which would take you to another world map where you would progress on. Um, but the leveling up definitely helps with the, the constant missing, which I'll tell you, it eats at you a little bit. One thing I just kind of wish that they would have done better, you know, with since you're going to miss a lot and... I wish they would have had, like, the dice on screen. Like, Dungeons & Dragons, it's been a long time since I've played this, but it's a game that use, utilizes dice. And this is Dungeons & Dragons the game, so they should just have little dice roll in the, like, bottom left corner of the screen so you can kind of just see what's going on. Like, if you're the fighter, it'll tell you, like, okay, you need to roll this to hit, and then after that you roll this, and this is how much damage you do, and then whoever you're facing gets to roll dice, and... You can see how much they were able to defend, and then ergo, you see how many hit points you take off. And it could be done in an instant. You don't have to sit there and watch dice roll. It's just, you know, boom. Okay, you got that number, that number, bam, 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 bam. Oh, okay, I missed. Or, oh, okay, I hit. It would also help you better customize, you know, your inventory. Maybe certain weapons are more susceptible or more have a better probability of hitting than others. It would just, I thought, I thought that was one area that kind of let down. Um, other than that, though, this game's pretty solid. The music's pretty good. Um, the gameplay is functioning aside from the missing, which like I said, though, after a few levels, it gets better. 
Um, story's great, music's great, gameplay's pretty good. Like overall, it it's definitely worth it. I I own it for my Sega Genesis. Um, I have it also emulated because you know sometimes I just want to play it on the go on my computer as opposed to you know at home. I wish it would come to like the Sega Forever. Uh, on your phone, I I check it often to see if that's one that'll come to my phone because that would be I would I would probably be always playing this game. It's it, it's a fun game. Uh, my party when I played it as a kid would always be a fighter, a dwarf, an elf, and a cleric. You know, you got your fighter for his um, strength. You got your elf that can cast some magics. So you got your cleric that can cast support magic and do some healing if necessary. And I always picked a dwarf. I don't know why I like the dwarf, but I, I, on reviewing for this show, I found out that the dwarf and the fighter are actually the same character. The big difference is the dwarf just doesn't have the mobility. So it said, like, never pick a dwarf. If you want another fighter, just pick two fighters. Um, the, it did say, at least the, what the guy I was reading about said, that he always used the fighter, the elf, the cleric, and the magic user. Um, but he did say, like, and I've I've played with all these characters, and it, I agree with him, like, you can beat this game with anything. Yeah, some might be a little harder, like having four halflings might be a little more difficult, but it'd be more challenging. You know, some people might find this game too easy. Um, but any combination of characters um, will get you through the game. Like I said, having all of one, that might be a little, but would be still be a challenge. Um, that's that's Dungeons and Dragons Warriors of the Eternal Sun. If you have played it, you know, send me an email goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought about it. If what I described makes you want to play it, let me know. Uh, I love to hear what you guys think of the game. If you just want to check it out and see if my review or my little synopsis of the game matched up, please let me know. Um, another game I'm playing right now, I want to do a little mini review now. It's kind of a, let's see how much time we have actually before I start screaming. Oh gosh, we're almost 15 minutes. Quick mini review. Another game I'm playing right now, Darkwing Duck. I bought the, um, after school Disney collection for like five bucks on the PlayStation Network. So I've been playing Darkwing Duck. That's the one I never, I think I played it once at a friend's house, but I've never played through it. The other games were um, uh, DuckTales, the first one, which I played all the way through. Love that game. DuckTales 2, I messed around with at a friend's house. I don't think I ever fully beat that game. That's going to be the next one I play. Tailspin, I have played a lot of that game before, but never beat it. And then one of my favorites, uh, Rescue Rangers, which is co-op. And we didn't have many co-op games growing up. We had Contra and... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, and then of course Battle Tones, which you never really got past the second level, so or the third level, whatever that was, the, the speeder bikes. So this game was one we always had on rotation growing up. It was fun. But back to Darkwing Duck. That's what I'm going to do the mini review on. It's a lot like Mega Man. You got your gun, you got your jumps, just not as well executed. You do your screen. So you have a screen select. You get three places you can go. You pick them. You beat them. You go back to the the selects the, the city screen, and you decide where you're going next. I currently am on the fifth um, <clears throat> mission, <clears throat> and that's yeah, going pretty well. Thankfully, though, I, I since on the PlayStation, I can press the I think the L1 button, and it rewinds me. Save my butt more times than it hasn't. Um, but I, I plan on beating that one in the next few weeks, couple weeks, and then, of course, you know, beating DK5, 
no, not DK5, DQ5, excuse me, um, and then hook back up with Blaine and get back to our show, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going to miss him this month. Um, okay, well, hey, that's my review. That's me. I uh, hope you liked it. If you did, drop me a line, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. If you didn't, please be nice. Uh, I'd love to have the criticism either way or the compliments either way. I want to get better. That's the point of doing all this. I'm going to try and do some editing now. Hopefully you like it. Uh, And I guess that's it. So this is your good buddy James saying keep it retro. Retro.